CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Don. We are on episode number 40. Go figure that. And this week we got a good show lined up. We're going to talk about Christmas and the holidays and lots of good things in here coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let's say hey to Don. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Mark, good. It was, I uh, can't believe it's December 2020, right? I know, right? I'll tell you, Thanksgiving is over in the rearview mirror. Holidays were great. You know, was, I'm not sure how, uh, how you experienced it, but like most people, it was more laid back than usual for us. But, uh-huh. you know, for some reason, you know, it's odd. It, it still feels like there was the same amount of food on the dining room table oh, last yeah. week. <laughs> My guess is that there's a record number of leftovers in this country. And, you know, we still have some pumpkin pie and stuffing and cranberries in the refrigerator. How about you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same. We I had to kind of pull a sneak attack because my daughter was able to get home uh, from the Navy for leave. They gave her some leave to come and see us. And we were still uh, low numbers of people, just uh, just the four of us before she showed up, making it five. And so I had to kind of have my wife make all the normal amounts of food and not let her in on the surprise that the kid was going to show up. Uh, so we wanted to you know, make it a really happy moment for her. So she didn't think she was coming. And that's their kind of thing. They like to do Thanksgiving dinner together. Mm. They make the, the, the whole day they work on making everything together. They always have. So she was bummed out. She thought she wasn't going to be here this year. So that was a nice surprise. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very cool. Uh, did you guys enjoy yourself and everything? So are you gearing up for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, we actually have officially switched gears, Mark, from the Thanksgiving mode to the Christmas mode. And, cool. You know, it seems like more than ever, you know what, I am I take a lot of long walks around the neighborhood just to get fresh air. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot more Christmas lights and decorations in the neighborhood. <laughs> and, and some of them are really quite elaborate, you know, Santa Claus and lights and displays. And Mark, I was actually getting some heat from some of my neighbors about having absolutely no lights or decorations Uh-oh. in my house. Uh, what is this? Uh, what is that? Christmas with, Christmas with the cranks, right? You're not uh, not doing the house this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's neighborhood peer pressure. So there you go. Actually, what we did, we contracted a company to install lights on the house. Really? And yeah, it was a surprise that, that I gave uh, as a gift for the family. So okay. the guys put them up yesterday around the perimeter of the roof line. And the walkway around the grass with garland around the door and a big wreath under the front roof. And they set everything up uh, with a timer. So it's actually quite pretty. And at 4.30 yesterday, the house was all ready to light up with the landscape lights. And we were all eagerly anticipating the light, the lighting. And exactly at 4.30 p.m., mm-hmm. all the lights go on. Nice. Then, poof, they all go out. <laughs> The you, outlet gets tripped. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, there's moisture or short on one of the wires. And, oh, man, what a bummer. Wow. So you literally have like, uh, you're having like a Christmas vacation moment going on. You've got like two <laughs> yeah. movie things going on here uh, in your scenario. So they, did they get it all squared away for you, I'm hoping? You know, I'm waiting for them to come today to fix it. And uh, I, I called up and they were telling me, no, it's got to be your house. I'm like, no, dude, I mean, I checked all the the outlets and, uh, and the main box. And it was definitely one of the wires, probably a staple in there or some moisture or, you know, somewhere the line is frayed. Wow. But 
uh, you know, I'm sure they'll come today and, and, and fix it and That's put good. a new patch of wires on it. But ironically, tonight is the annual Christmas tree lighting at Rockefeller Center in New York, Mark. And, and I hope they didn't hire my company. <laughs> 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 ah, that's funny yeah yeah i've been to a few of those ceremonies in new york and you know just about every year i i take the family to see the iconic tree and all the shops on fifth avenue we even do some christmas shopping when we go and have a nice dinner in that area so you know in the past when we've gone the crowds there mark they're literally you're a pack oh i bet shoulder to shoulder kind of like New Year's Eve in Times Square. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know when we'll ever see that type of crowding again. Yeah, hopefully in a couple of years. I think it's going to take some time. Maybe not, maybe not that long even, but uh, yeah, we were just having this conversation the other day. Somebody was like, well, you know, it took five years for you know everybody to get over the Spanish flu and all that back, you know, back in the day there. And so we're probably looking at something similar. And it's like, yeah, but we didn't have the technology and the resources, but we also didn't have yeah. the same amounts of people either. So who knows, though? It could definitely be uh, interesting. And I, I heard someone say muted. The holidays are muted this year. Mm. Um, they're just kind of much lower key across the board, but we're still having them. It's just kind of subdued, you know, and I thought that was a good way of looking at it. So interesting kind of, uh, I guess it's just going to be what it's going to be, right? We got vaccines rolling and all that stuff. So, And speaking of uh, things that are in the news, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on in the economic side of things now that we've had our Christmas uh, vacation moment here with Don and his lights. (laughs) (laughs) Um, November ended, Don, and obviously the markets all over were just, you know, all up and down. But basically they did pretty well in November. They're up 10%. Uh, you always state that the stock market returns are you know random and unpredictable, and this is about as random and unpredictable as it gets because I'm pretty sure everyone felt like you know November was going to be Armageddon, and it was not due to the election and so on and so forth. So, what's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean that's for sure, Mark. I mean that's a good way to put it, Armageddon. I like the word muted too. That's a yeah, good word I did for too. The holidays muted, but yeah, I mean November. Think about it. I mean we had an incredibly contentious election about a month ago, right? The president still has not officially conceded, uh, but that's going to happen at some point. The COVID numbers have gone up sharply here, and in many parts of, of Europe, there are restrictions that uh, that were placed there, and uh, restrictions even here uh, being placed on many regions and states. And in the midst of all that, as you stated, the markets are sharply higher. And you know, not only that, underlying that is a, a change in the types of companies that are being valued by investors all over the world. Hmm. Through, through most of the year, it was companies like Facebook and, and Apple and Amazon and Netflix and Google. These are the so-called large cap growth companies right. that profited from the pandemic through most of the year. And there seems to be a, a shift to what they call value companies and uh, smaller cap companies uh, in this country and all around the world. Well, I'm going to assume that a lot of what we saw in the market in November and some of what you're talking about here, Don, I would have to think that's got to be vaccine and treatment related. Yeah, you know, in part, that that's what it is. I mean, right after the election, uh, Pfizer and Moderna and a few other companies came out with some really positive news uh, regarding vaccines. And there's been a, a big improvement in treatments over the past several months for people uh, when they test positive right. for COVID. But if there's... um a return to some level of normal, the thinking is that different companies will prosper. And, you know, what is a, that kind of normal? It's basically people interacting and buying, selling, 
traveling, working, you know, just living their lives. And actually, when you look back on it over the past six, seven, eight, nine months, it's amazing how much consumer activity there's actually been. Sectors like housing have done very, very well. In fact, the average home being sold here in New Jersey, and I'm sure it's the same way where you are, is valued much higher now than it was in March. Yeah, no, the the, the home market has just exploded. Yeah, it's they're just everywhere. I, just, I think all across the country, I think the housing market is just on fire, uh, just doing really well. But I wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned a growth company a minute ago. Give us an example, Don, of what you consider a value company as opposed to a growth company, will you? Yeah, it's a good question. First off, let's be clear on definitions. Okay. A, a value company or a value stock trades for a lower price compared to its book value or the total value of all its assets. A growth stock sells for a high price compared to its book value. So Tesla is a growth company, okay. right? Mm -hmm. It's expensive relative to its actual assets. A company like AT&T, right, is a value company. It's much less expensive compared to its actual assets. So a company like Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson, uh, United Airlines, Comcast, JP Morgan, these are value companies. Uh, and these are large companies. There are also small value companies. And these are companies that are valued at less than two billion dollars. So they're so <laughs> sizable, but they're less than right. $2 billion. That's so interesting. It always cracks me up when that small companies, $2 billion. Uh, right. Now, I know we've said in the past on the show that value stocks and small company stocks actually have done better historically than large growth stocks. So I guess that makes sense for November. It doesn't seem like all that shocking. Yeah. I mean, again, we always say that uh, we use the terms random and unpredictable, mm -hmm. right? Right. Remember the saying, the stock market re reacts to news. The news is unpredictable. So the stock market's unpredictable. Right. So a couple of days after election day, the mm -hmm. Pfizer news comes out. Right. So that's unpredictable. Or, you know, we didn't know exactly when that occurred. It was going to be something that would occur at some point that we were thinking about a vaccine. Right. But the fact that it's as effective as it is and other companies have come out with that. So that was unpredictable in terms of the timing. As educated investors, what we want, Mark, is diversification. A little bit of all of the many companies in an index. So remember playing the game of Monopoly with your family, <laughs> right? Who always won? You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because we actually played Monopoly with the kid being home from the Navy this weekend or this uh, past weekend with the Thanksgiving holiday. And I always won because I tried to get as much property as possible on the board. I tried to be the real estate tycoon. Exactly. And it doesn't surprise me, Mark, knowing you, by the way, that <laughs> you would always win. So not the person right, who owned only boardwalk, exactly. right? park place. If the dice rolls the wrong way, the opposing player just saunters past those properties, mm -hmm. passes go and collects $200. So, you know, think of diversification as owning a little bit of the entire game board. And the media and Wall Street brokers are always focused on the boardwalk and park place type <laughs> stocks, right? These right. are the sexy, exciting type companies like the Netflix and Tesla 
and and, uh, and Facebooks and Instagrams of the world. Right. We need to be patient and own a little bit of the entire board, right? Exactly. The light blues are just as good as well. The key is the railroads. If you can get all four railroads, <laughs> that is almost always the ticket. And that's really, honestly, it's good advice for 2020 and any time, really. Not the railroads, but owning a piece of the entire board uh, if you can. Right, Don? Absolutely. I mean, let's focus on the things that we can control. We always talk about that and not on what we can't when you're playing Monopoly over the holidays. Remember to acquire the properties, as you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. The railroads, besides those, there are the most landed on properties like the red and orange properties, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, and Illinois Avenue. And just like investing, be patient in the end like Mark here, you're very likely to win the game. <laughs> yeah, the railroad strategy, just uh, it works almost every time. And that's a really cool comparison. I like that you did that. It's hilarious because uh, we hadn't played Monopoly in a long time, so very good stuff. Well, before we wrap up 2020, Don, and head into 2021, and I've been saying on a lot of shows I've been doing that expectations are critical in the type of industry that you're in. You set expectations when it comes to talking with clients and what you want from clients and what they want from you. I think we need to set some expectations for ourselves going into 2021 and not get too excited that things are going to be you know, perfect right away on day one. We still got a ways to go. But uh, from a financial standpoint, there are five items that we discussed uh, before the show so people can kind of consider some things for year end. They were Roth conversions, uh, coronavirus-related IRA distributions, qualified charitable distributions, year-end gift, uh, gifting to family, excuse me, estate planning. Can you give us a breakdown and a rundown on some of these? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about each one individually, right? So these five things, these five ad items that you and I were talking about before we went on air that, that people could still look at uh, before year-end. So let's talk about the Roth conversions. We spoke about this before, and I believe that this is going to be a great opportunity, Mark, for the next several years. Okay. So simply, if you have a traditional IRA, over the years, you've gotten a tax deduction for the contribution, and the account grows tax-deferred, not tax-free. So look at it this way. Let's say you have $500,000 or a million dollars or $5 million in the IRA. <laughs> the IRS has a lien on your hard earned life savings. So it's actually like a tax time bomb. And if you think taxes, I'll ask you a question, Mark. Sure. Do you think taxes will be higher or lower in the future? I think, regardless, they've got to go up. You know, administrations will come and go, but we've got an awful lot of debt out there. So that, I think they got to go up, as most people do. No, I, I think that's, that's a, a pretty much a consensus opinion with a $28 trillion mm-hmm. debt and with political pressures that at some point taxes are going to be higher in the future. So most people agree with that. So the question becomes, how do we diffuse that tax time bomb? Right. So what we do is convert it to a Roth IRA, which is tax-free, little by little over a period of years. We pay some of the taxes now at conversion and avoid the larger tax down the road. But as they say on the late night commercials, Mark, wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, there's more. If you have the Roth IRA, Uh you never have to take money out of that. And if you you want it to grow, 
it can grow tax-free for both you and your heirs. And of course, everyone wants it to grow. Yeah, You get the best of both worlds, right? You get control and more money. And this is something that we discuss regularly with our clients. Now, that's awesome. And it's certainly something to, to have on the radar for folks. Uh, what about some of the other items, Don? Well, the, um, the other items we talked about was, uh, you mentioned those five items, was the IRA, what I call the hardship distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the title is CRD, Coronavirus-Related Distributions. This clause runs out, this exception, which was um, implemented in March, runs out at the end of December, the 31st of this year. I've not seen too many people uh, take advantage of this, but it just gives people the opportunity to take money out of their IRA mark, avoid the penalty, and pay back the money or the taxes over a three-year period. Right. So that's something, again, I haven't seen too much of this year. Well, that's good then, maybe. Yeah. It is a good thing because I think there was a worry about, you know, the back in March and April about the, there being like a real economic calamity. But fortunately, people really have not had to tap too deeply into their IRAs, which is definitely a benefit. The qualified charitable distribution, the, the uh, QCD we've discussed in the past, that gives IRA owners over the age of 70 and a half now the opportunity to gift money to a qualified charity, you know, like the church or Red Cross or Salvation Army or any qualified charity directly from their IRA up to $100,000 per year as a gift and not pay any tax Hmm. on that distribution from the IRA. And the gift counts toward your required IRA distribution. They call it the RMD. Now, there's no RMD this year, but that will start again January 1st. So you get the best of both worlds, tax-free gift and you get the enhanced standard deduction without itemizing the gift on that Schedule A. So we educate our clients on these and and help them uh, with it every year. That's something that's been around now for several years. Uh, the, the, the gifting to the families that, or gifting to anyone, really, that's the $15,000 gift that most people are at least vaguely aware of. That's $15,000 that each person, each spouse has. So if you want to give your child, for example, $30,000 as a down payment on a home, you don't need to file a gift tax return. Just keep a record of the transaction. Oh, okay. Very cool. So, you know, that covers several of those things. uh, There's two of those items, at least anyway. What about the last one, the estate planning one? I think that's another big piece. Yeah, this is one I really urge everyone to be sure about, Mark. I mean, I've been to eight funerals this year. Wow. Uh, The last two have been last weekend, the weekend before that. And a few of them have been guys like, you know, around my age with sudden illness or heart attacks. And the advice I I give continually, and it's a good thing to look at at the end of the year and to reflect upon this year, is make sure that you have proper life insurance and by all means have a current will, power of attorney, living will, and the appropriate documents. And you do not want to put your family in a situation where they don't know where all of the documents are if something terrible happens. So organization is the key as well. Not only that, Mark, sometimes people fail to review their beneficiary document. 
on the 401k or the IRA or their life insurance policy, and the money gets left to the wrong person. So that is a disaster when that happens. Uh, Often when I review these documents, there are people listed in the wills or their beneficiary forms who are like ex-spouses or people who are not even alive any longer. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's certainly something you want to take care of. And Don, I know you've got a white paper on this. So why don't we put uh, on the for, the for these five items for the end of year planning checklist, why don't we put a link for that on the website as well? Again, it was the Roth conversions, coronavirus-related IRA distributions, uh, qualified charitable contributions, uh, charitable distributions, excuse me, year-end gifting to a family and estate planning. Those five items, we'll put a link to that up on the webpage as well. So go to doncashpodcast.com. That's doncashpodcast.com. Of course, you can also just call Don and reach out to him if you have any questions or concerns, anything that you heard when it comes to these end of the year items and you want to get some uh, more information and talk with Don directly, schedule some time, have a chat with him. He's a CPA and a CFP. 800-664-1183 is how you call him. 800-664-1183. You can get a 15-minute phone conversation in with him, no cost or obligation to have that chat. So if you've got some questions, do so and reach out to him. But definitely check out the download, subscribe to the podcast. You can find all of that again at doncashpodcast.com. That's doncashpodcast.com. You can check out past episodes as well as get notified about upcoming and future episodes. And we'll have one more this year as we wind down 2020. So Don, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for your time, my friend. And I look forward to having one more chat with you. Good deal, Mark. I mean, I can't believe the year's coming to an end. And the next time is the last show of 2020. So we'll make it, um, we'll plan and make it the best show. How about that? There we go. Sounds like a plan. I don't know. Monopoly is going to be hard to beat. So (laughs) we're going to, and Christmas lights that don't quite work. So we're going to have to come up with something good for that one. But we'll see you next time, folks. Stay safe and sane and have have a good week. And we'll talk to you in just a couple of weeks here before the year ends right here on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for your time on your money and your life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Bye bye, folks. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.